on this week's episode of the Views from the John podcast. I was traumatized it, uh, by it by it at the age of five. You know, uncle sits down in front of me, and you know, when you're sitting down and you're five years old, you're about eye height with somebody's lap. It, yeah, when you're wearing short, short shorts and you're a little overweight with no underwear and you go to take a seat, chances are on a dude, your nuts are going to spill out. And this guy's nuts would spill out everywhere he sat. This podcast is like my sex life. I'm in and out quick. It's pleasurable for me, but not pleasurable for you. That's this week's episode. <laughs> Weeping the nation. Out of a Boston suburb comes what is, without a doubt, the most incredible form. Yeah, the last time we saw you, I mean, you did threaten to blast and pull a buckshot, cock the shotgun and everything. Yeah, well, what can I say? John just has that effect on people. Yeah, I guess he does. everybody welcome to another episode episode 65 to be specific of the views from the john podcast i am john Ares, and this is uh-oh he's not here everybody i apologize josh Ryder, my faithful co-host is not with us for this week's episode but uh we didn't plan it that way let me tell you a true story uh, it's fairly early morning here in the Northeast United States on uh, a couple of days before the new year. And uh, last night, Josh and I got together in the studio to record episode 65 for you folks. And last night, uh, as I was editing it, I discovered that it had uh, a lot of technical difficulties that we did not know was going on during the podcast. Uh, video technical difficulties, audio technical difficulties, and like I said, I didn't know it until the podcast was over and Josh was sound asleep and I was still up editing it. And uh, yeah, we can't release it. And because of uh, scheduling and uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, we can't get back in the studio to do a reshoot. So here I am, kicking it old school. It is the Views from the John podcast. I started this bitch on my own, and uh, I guess we are going to uh, do the last episode of 2020 on my own again, right? It's the Views from the John. I'm here. I'm John Solo today kind of like Han Solo, but instead of Han, it's John Solo, because I'm here by myself. This is how we started this shit, and I guess this is how we're going to end 2020. Just doing this shit, just me, you, and the camera, and our imagination. So anyways, we will welcome Josh happily back on the show next week, and we will cross our fingers that there's no more technical difficulties, all right? Um, listen, I want to give a quick shout out to all of you out there watching or listening. Uh, since I started this program in the uh, 
late fall of 2019, our subscribers and streams had kind of, you know, been going slightly uphill, you know, a slight like five degree incline. And lately, it's like every time I check, which is every other day, uh, our subscribership across the streaming platforms and including YouTube, at last time I checked, we had 125 or six subscribers. It seems like, uh, like a week or two ago, we weren't even at 100. So, it, you know, everything keeps doing this, and that's that's awesome. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am, you know. Uh, uh, I'm sure you guys can, you know, relate to it, even if you don't have a podcast or a YouTube channel. When you see that you're putting out a product that you really love to do, and that people are starting to notice it by subscribing to your channel, you know, you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. So I wanted to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. So anyways, this is going to be a weird episode. You're probably noticing a different camera angle, the lack of a co-host. Um, and I, I, I haven't done this, uh, you know, solo in quite a while. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, so we're just going to have some fun with it and we're going to wing it. So uh, let me see. This is going to be story time. I have a bunch of random stories, starts of bits that I haven't taken to the stage yet because uh, the COVID lockdown has been very crazy for stand-up comics like myself, especially newbies like myself that weren't established yet. So uh, but things are slowly starting to trend in the right direction. So uh I'm gonna I'm gonna treat this episode like I used to treat my podcast, like it's an open mic. Except uh, now, instead of having one person in the crowd being Josh not laughing at me, I get to have nobody in the room, so I don't feel as bad when my material just completely bombs. You know, uh, it, maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is I think I'm funny, but I'm actually not at funny whatsoever and I have no business doing this and I just haven't got it yet and there's been nobody out there that I value their opinion enough that's been uh you know upfront with me to be like bro I'm sorry I know you want to do comedy I know you want to do a podcast but bro you just you're never going to be good at it you suck you just need to quit and if somebody I really looked up to said that to me you know it might save me all this time and effort and maybe that's what it is maybe I just don't have a good enough friend that I trust enough to you know that just has the guts to say bro you know I know you know with practice comes perfect right you know everybody when they pick up a guitar sucks at it it just takes time to get good but maybe podcasting and comedy no matter how long I do it is just never gonna get good I don't know anyways or maybe it's just the company I keep I'm trying to hash that out you know anyways so let's get started here. I got a, um, I got a bunch of random, all true stories, hand to God. There, there, there is no bits here. There is no shtick. This is all hand to God, true stories. It's going to be story time with John Solo today, okay? So true story. For any longtime listeners of this show, you guys know that I have a couple of, um, um, let's just say it, uh, a couple of lesbians that live across the street from me. I've lived here 10 years, they've lived here five years. And in the five years that they've lived here, we must have made eye contact literally 10,000 times. And every time they've looked at me, they've given me stank eye. 
And every time I look at them, because they gave me stank eye, I gave them stank eye. So literally, uh, I get along with all my neighbors. We're on a first name basis. Uh, you know, when I go out of town, they watch the house or water the plants. I do the same for them. But for some reason, me and this couple across the street have butted heads. And any, like I said, any longtime listeners of the show will know I've told a number of stories about them from their big screen TV uh, to their political views to um, just, you know, all the watching I've done at a distance, you know, uh, all the observational things I've made about that couple. So anyways, I have a new uh, person that's living in my um, multifamily house with me. And uh, when he moved in, I was telling him about the neighborhood. And I said, yeah, everyone's been real great to me since I've lived here for the past 10 years. But these two across the street just seem to have a stick up their butt. And he's like, really? The day I moved in, they brought me like a welcome to the neighborhood care package. And I'm like, what? So then I started to take it personally. I'm like, holy shit, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I really did something without even knowing it to these ladies across the street. And that's why they've been giving me stank eye the last five years. So I started taking this shit personally. Like, what did these ladies have against me? Have they been listening to my podcast somehow? Have they been hearing the shit I've been talking about them? Is that why they give me stank eye? That, no, that's not true. I highly doubt, you know, I don't even think they know my last name. Anyways, so here's what I did. I decided to be a big boy. I didn't want to be unfriendly anymore or give any more or receive any more stank eye from the, from the two across the street. So the other day, as I was driving out of my driveway and past their driveway, they were both in their driveway doing a little bit of snow cleanup. And I decided I was going to be a big boy. So I stopped my car I rolled down the window. I didn't roll it down. Let's face it. Windows don't roll anymore. I hit a button and the window came down. And I gave him the biggest smile and I said, hey, ladies. I said, happy holidays. How are you doing? And both of their faces immediately lit up in the smiles and, and they waved back and they're like, we're great. How are you? And it's like we went on to have a 15, 20 minute long, amazing conversation. And now every time we see each other, because we literally live right across the street from each other, uh, we wave, smile, and we talk. That hadn't happened in five years. All it took was one of us, either me or them, doing that initial smile and wave saying, hey, I'm welcoming into, you know, how you doing, you know? Um, and, uh, I have to apologize for all the shit and preconceived notions I had about those two over the last five years and all the wild, crazy conspiracy theories I came up with to, as to why they hated me. They didn't hate me. It's just somebody needed to be welcoming and break the ice. And uh, I'm happy I finally did that. And uh, I hope you guys can take that as a lesson. Do you guys have anybody in your life? Uh, like a neighbor or a coworker that you just never have talked to and you think hates you, but you don't know why. Maybe they don't hate you at all. Maybe everything you've heard about them is wrong and just preconceived notions that we make up in our head. 
And uh, next time you get around those people, just maybe smile and wave at them and, you know, make yourself like undeniable. Like, you know, if they still give you a stank eye when you're smiling and waving and saying, hey, how you going? Then you got a problem. But I never attempted that before. All it took was somebody, either them or me, dropping the ego, making that break the ice effort, and then everything was fine. And it, it's just amazing. It's like, you know, even... Uh, a guy that used to live with me that got along with them great but knew that I didn't. I told him the story about how I finally approached them and everything's great. And he's like, who's a big boy? And I'm like, yeah, me, I'm a big boy. It only took me 42 years to learn how to make friends with neighbors that just weren't really, you know, crazy outgoing. Uh, you know, so that's it. I'm now friends with the two across the street, so there'll be no more jokes about the lovely two ladies that live across the street from me, okay? No matter what they do. They're, they are now on my good side, and being on my good side is a lot better than being on my bad side. Um, as a matter of fact, dude, I am such a good neighbor that my other neighbor that lives next to me, she went out of town, she's currently out of town now, and before she went out of town, she asked me to do a couple things for her. One of which was just to watch over her house. I have a great view of her entire house from my floor here. And, uh, you know, yeah, like every half hour I peek outside day and night just to make sure there's nobody trying to break in or there's no fires or water leaks. You know, I'm good with that kind of stuff. But she made a really interesting request, uh, a favor, a neighborly favor. And uh, let me see if you guys have ever been asked by a neighbor to do anything like this. She asked me to feed some animals of hers while she was away. That doesn't seem weird, does it? People have pets, people go out of town, people need to have the pets fed, right? I get it. But she didn't ask me to feed her bird or her snake or her cats or dogs. She asked me to put out some food every day inside of her detached garage to feed a pack of wild duck-billed platypuses. <laughs> or gophers or beavers. I don't know what they are. They're like the size of a small dog, dog or a large cat. I don't know what these things are, but they're wild animals. I'm not sure you're supposed to feed wild animals, but I live in an extremely liberal city, which is fine. Um, I'm, I'm okay with liberals as long as they're not acting like Karens and pushing down their uh, ideologies down my throat and letting me live and have my own opinion. I'm fine with anybody. So anyways, um, so yeah, because we live in a liberal city with a lot of people like this, it's not too crazy of a request to leave food out for the neighborhood wild animals. So that's what I've been doing. Even though it's wild that I go into her garage every day and put out a can of wet cat food, a bowl of dry cat food, and a fresh thing of water, just like I'm leaving food for her dog. But what happens is when I leave that garage at some point in the night, a family of uh, gophers or beavers or duck-billed platypuses come in, and they're the ones eating it. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, she thinks she's doing a good deed by, you know, playing hibachi chef to a group of wild animals in the backyard. It is a pretty crazy request, but you know what? That's the kind of neighbor I am. If you ask me to put food out, no matter who's eating it, if you need the food put out, I will put it out. That's the kind of neighbor I am. All right, moving on. Next story. 
This is a uh, story that um, I kind of forgot about. And once you hear the story, you're going to know why I forgot about it, because it's not something that you really want to keep fresh on your mind. But it is hilarious. Uh, New Year's Eve, I was hanging out with some family, having some drinks. And of course, that always sparks uh, memories of Christmas's uh, past and family get-togethers. And I was reminded of a great uncle I have. Uh, not a great uncle, meaning like, you know, great grandmother. I just mean like a fantastic uncle. Um, I don't know if this uncle has ever listened to my show. If he ever does hear this, know that I love you. I've always thought you were a great uncle and a great guy. Uh, this is not me talking shit about you. This is just me admiring you for your complete lack of shame and your ability to just be you in all of your glory and just not care what people think. And that was this guy and you gotta love him for it. But I wanna know if you guys have an uncle or a family member that would just let their stuff spill out of their shit and just not care. And what am I talking about? This is the uncle that would wear shorts year round, even in the middle of winter in Boston when it's five degrees below zero. This guy was rocking shorts throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And he wasn't just rocking shorts like cargo shorts or normal shorts, Tommy Bahama shorts. No, he had on like those 80s basketball, super tight, nut-hugging shorts. And this uncle didn't like to wear underwear, apparently. So there really isn't um, you know, anybody in town that hasn't seen my uncle's nutsack spill out of his shorts when he goes to sit down. I was traumatized it, uh, by it by it at the age of five. You know, uncle sits down in front of me and, you know, when you're sitting down and you're five years old, you're about eye height with somebody's lap. It, yeah, when you're wearing short, short, shorts and you're a little overweight with no underwear and you go to take a seat, chances are on a dude, your nuts are going to spill out. And this guy's nuts would spill out everywhere he sat. There ain't a person that don't know my uncle that hasn't seen his nutsack, even though they didn't ask to see it. It just spills out of his shit. And... Um, I want to say he's been called out on it before. Like, hey, uncle, uh, your nuts kind of spilled out of your shit. You mind tucking that back in so we don't have to look at it? And I really want to say, and this is why I respect the guy, he's like, you know what? I got a sack. It's spilling out of my shit. I apologize. There's nothing I can do about it. If you don't like it, then quit looking at it, you know? And you got to respect that, I guess, you know? It's no different if you had an auntie and uh, every time she came over to a family function, her boobs would spill out and then people would be like, whoa, you know, and when you called around on it, like, auntie, can you tuck those back in? She's like, listen, they're spilling out of my shit. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, it just is what it is. If you don't like looking at my boobie, then don't look at it. Nobody's asking you to look at it, but it's kind of hard not to notice your uncle's nuts spill out of his shorts. And uh, I believe to this day, uh, he could still be spilling his shit out of his shit. And uh, you know what? Props to you, Uncle. Uncle, you know who you are. So yeah, you guys know anybody like that? I don't know. And you know what I just realized? The next thing I was going to talk about, I don't even have with me. This is how unprepared. I wasn't prepared to uh, do a podcast this morning on the fly. Uh, but hey, this is where the magic happens, right? 
So anyways, um, I was shopping the other day and I needed more, uh, what I like to use, you know, there's no reason you need to go out and get 15 different products for the shower, right? I like to use a shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. It's all the same thing. Like, I don't get why somebody would go out and spend $5 on a bottle of shampoo, another five on a bottle of uh, uh, conditioner, and then another $5 on a bottle of uh, body wash. You know, it's all pretty much the same. So I buy the one bottle for like $4.99, and it's the shampoo, conditioner, and uh, body wash, all in one. It's great. One bottle handles it all in the shower, right? So the story goes is uh, as I'm in the store and I'm looking at my list of things I need to buy, I wrote down that it's Dove body, face, whatever wash for men. That's what it's called. Dove is the brand or the company and the product literally is called Dove for men. There's a whole product line that they say is for men. Now, normally that wouldn't even trigger a thought in my head. Dove for men. They probably make Dove for women. But this new leftist, far leftist push that makes you want to see racism and sexism and all the isms in a piece of toast or everywhere you look, it's starting to spill into somebody like my life that's really rational uh, thinking. I'm a registered independent. I don't lean left or lean right. I lean towards compassion empathy, understanding, uh, leadership, facts, statistics, the stuff that doesn't lie, okay? But this leftist um, uh, uh, movement to be ultra-politically correct, um, to uh, not see sex, to not see gender, it's become so crazy that it's making somebody like me actually see that kind of shit when it doesn't exist. So when I'm shopping for body and face wash from Dove for men, my brain now goes, what do you mean for men? Dove for men? Why can't it say Dove for people? Why is it just, you know, I cannot believe that there isn't a movement, or maybe there is on Twitter, of uh, feminists or people trying to cancel Dove, the company, because they sell a product line that says Dove for men or Dove men. You know, why are they being so exclusive? Are, do you mean to tell me that if uh, my girlfriend or whatever you want to call her were to go into my shower and she uses my Dove for Men body wash that it's going to make her skin melt because she's not a man, she somehow can't use it? That's the logic that has been pushed down my throat. So when I see a bottle that says for men or for women or for this person or for that person, my mind immediately jumps to sexism. This is what you've created. And I'm a rational thinker, but I don't think of it in the sense where I'm actually going to start hashtagging like cancel Dove now. I don't give a shit if the product says four aardvarks on it. I'm still going to buy it. I don't care who it says it's for. Um, you know, I just like to point it out and make fun of it. Uh, so yeah, even though the left has now triggered this new trigger system in my mind to see things like see people's race when I never saw race before, never gave a shit, but now you have to be aware that this person is black, this person is Indian, this person is Chinese, this person is white, this person voted for Trump, so that means they're racist, this person voted for Biden, so that means, uh, I don't know what it means. Uh, yeah, that's what you've done. So congratulations, everybody. Act 
activism uh, really worked, uh, evidently. All right, next topic. And this is a God's honest, true story. Like I said, everything I'm telling you on this show is true. And hopefully you'll find it as ridiculous as I did. But um, I was made fun of recently by some people, and I was also commended by some people for calling the police. Why did I call the police? Well, I woke up one morning, like I did this morning, having my cup of coffee, and I was peering out my back window into the woods, and something caught my eye. It looked like there was a dude in a sleeping bag uh, leaned up and sleeping against uh, my tree, maybe like three feet into the tree line behind my property, uh, about maybe a hundred yards from me. I took out my binoculars, and even with my binoculars, it really looked like there was a dude in a sleeping bag out there. Uh, we do have homeless in this city, and uh, they're starting to spill into uh, the upscale neighborhoods where I hail from. I'm just kidding. That's a bad joke. Anyways, homelessness is a problem. Drug addiction is a problem, and it's starting to spill even into smaller communities outside of Boston. And uh, so anyways, I went into my backyard, and I approached this guy who I thought was homeless, and he was sleeping. And um, as I got closer and closer to him... Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry, everybody. Uh, I'm recording the video with my iPhone 11 Pro Max Plus, and I literally had everything turned off but an alarm that was set for 11.30 this morning. So that literally just stopped me in my tracks and it stopped the video. So now I got to start back up again. So anyways, as I was approaching what I thought was the body of a homeless guy and I was like yelling for him to wake up, he wasn't waking up, which instantly made me think that uh, now he was deceased. And uh, that's not a good thing either. I thought I had a dead homeless guy in my hands. And rather than going up to the dead homeless guy to check that he was dead or even homeless or even a person, um, I got the advice of some people and uh, you know, it was probably not best to walk up on a crime scene if it was, so I called the police. And 18 minutes later, a nice officer showed up and he approached the body and it was determined that all it was was just a bag of trash. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. I called our defunded local police department for a trash bag. And uh, I'm telling you that if our police department wasn't defunded, maybe it wouldn't have taken them 18 minutes to respond to reports of a trash bag. But that's right. I called the police on a trash bag. We ended up taking care of the trash bag, and uh, I was made fun of for it by some people, and other people said, hey, dude, even though it is kind of funny that you called the police on a trash bag, you shouldn't have been such a pussy and just walked up to it, and then you would have realized it was a trash bag, and then you wouldn't have had to burden the police with reports of a trash bag. I get that angle, too, but, you know... Even the captain of the police force said he would have done the same thing, and uh, I tend to, uh, you know, take his word for it because he is the captain. All right, guys, buckle in because this next true story is going to get a little bit graphic and disgusting, but maybe you can relate. It has to do with pooping. Everybody poops. I know some people don't like to talk about bowel movements, but, you know, bowel movements are such a big part of my life and your life. Everybody poops. Nobody likes to talk about it. So we're going to have some fun with it. And I'm going to tell you the worst I ever got backed up. What do I mean by backed up? I mean constipated. 
And maybe some of you out there can relate to this. I had back surgery once. And for anyone who's had surgery in the last 10 or 15 years, there's these amazing thing called opiates. Yes, narcotic painkillers. And uh, one of these, the one of the few bad aspects of narcotic painkillers is they pretty much shut down uh, your colon and your large intestine. Like any bit of water or lubrication that's supposed to be in, the, in that intestine, that uh, medication sucks out. Uh, when you're supposed to uh, poop like this uh, soft consistency uh, type of poop, uh, yeah, it, it just, you know, basically, I, I should have been a doctor, dude. If you guys understand uh, uh, the large intestine or how the waste management system in our body works, uh, there's something called peristalsis. And what peristalsis is, is peristalsis is the contractions of our large intestine, which is what, you know, almost like how a snake moves. That, that's what's pushing the poo and shaping it eventually um, down your, you know, poop chute and out of your body, right? So when you take a narcotic painkiller, it basically paralyzes your large intestine. There's no more peristalsis going on so the poop doesn't move so it gets very very hard and it also takes all the water and lubrication out of your large intestine so like the shit in your intestine just doesn't move and there's no lubrication you know like take a pc uh, a pcv pipe am i saying that pcp pipe p pvc pipe a plastic pipe right and uh you pack it with mud and uh you know, if you let the mud get hard and you don't have any water in there, chances are, even if you turn the pipe upside down and you shake it, it's not coming out, right? So then you got to get into all sorts of laxatives and uh, fiber, which bloats. I mean, it's, it's a real problem for anybody that uh, either has an addiction or actually takes it for a medical purpose. But I was taking it for a medical purpose. Thankfully, I'm no longer on those things. Those are dangerous. I warn anybody that's going to be given uh, painkiller narcotics that as fun as they are at first, they are extremely addictive. So if you can avoid taking painkillers, do it unless you want to become uh, an addict, which is a real possibility. Uh, opiate uh, abuse and um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, addiction is a real problem in this country. And we got so many problems that I think we forgot about that problem. So anyways, I got so constipated when I first started taking opiates for my back surgery that um, it got a little crazy. And when I say crazy, buckle in people, get ready for this. So I hadn't shit in a long time. I really felt like I needed to. I was on the toilet and I felt like a rock. Literally, it was so hard and it was so big. It, there was like a square hard rock just on the inside of my anus. And I could not push it out of my asshole. It was too big to fit through my asshole. And it was literally like shaped like a cube. It was trying to like fit a cube through a round hole. It's not going to go without some help. So I literally had to reach into the bowl with two fingers and I had to go up into my rectum and actually physically pull 
the first uh, pebble from my asshole and then the other ones just kind of fell out like like I had just opened up a coin purse and dumped it upside down. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's the extreme level that constipation and opiate taking can get you to where your shit turns so hard and it gets so big that you physically cannot push it out without reaching up into your ass and physically like pulling it through your asshole. That's how I've had to shit a couple times. And uh I think it was actually more than a couple times to the point where I started to put rubber gloves near the toilet. Because uh, if you've ever grabbed on the shit, it like gets underneath your fingernails and stuff. And, and even though you scrub and you scrub and you scrub, if you're a germaphobe like me, you don't want any remnants of shit on your fingers. So it's good if you're going to take opiates and get constipated that you take some rubber gloves, some exam gloves, and put them by the toilet in case you have to actually go up your asshole like I did to actually get that shit to come out. But that's literally how hardcore constipation can get, where I physically had to pull shit out of my ass. Um, what's next? God, I'm just bearing my soul. Happy 2020, everybody. Uh, what's next? All right. Another crazy story. Um, it's no secret to any other long listeners of the show that I've told a couple stories about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, I have a weak bladder, especially as I get older. And um, if you're taking any uppers like Sudafed or drinking a lot of coffee, drinking a lot of water, you're going to have to piss an awful lot. And I used to have to drive an awful lot. Now, anybody who's out there who's ever done any uppers, maybe you smoked some crack, maybe you tried some cocaine, maybe you were on a high dose of Sudafed, it makes you real jittery. And if you're drinking a lot, you're going to have to piss every 10 minutes. So there was this one in particular night where, uh, you know, I was having some fun partying and uh, we were drinking a lot. And, you know, I was in my car in the middle of the city waiting for a buddy to come out of a house and uh, we were all yacked out and um, I had to piss really bad and at the time I thought it would be really easy and a great idea to just piss into a bottle that I had while I was sitting in my front driver's seat. I've done it before even while driving on the highway but I was also sober and I wasn't sober this particular night. So I thought I had it all figured out. You know, you'd figure, you know, with how high I was, I would have just gotten out and just pissed right on the street. But, you know, I guess, you know, I had more, even though I was messed up. So as I attempted to pee into the bottle, um, the head of my pee-pee slipped out of the bottle and I ended up pissing all over my dashboard, my steering wheel, and the inside of my windshield. There was piss all over the inside of my car. I had to piss so fucking bad that once the head of my dick just slipped out of the head of the bottle, it just started flipping around like a water hose, getting all over my dashboard, my console, the friggin' windshield. I, I shit you not, once that shit started, I could not stop it. I eventually grabbed onto it like a wild hose dude, and I was able to force it down back into the bottle. But I made a friggin' mess. And I think my buddy, when he got back into the car, he was so yak 
checked out that he didn't even notice that I had pissed all over the fucking windshield and dashboard of my car. I think I might have wiped it up with something, but yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. You know, you shouldn't do drugs, kids, and if you have to go to the bathroom, don't attempt to pee in a bottle in your car. Find somewhere to go. I'm telling you these things to hopefully make you laugh and to hopefully show you that they're all dumb. I make the dumb mistakes so you can laugh and hopefully you don't have to make the same mistakes. Uh, what else do I got? These are all just random thoughts. I've put no effort or thought into this podcast because I think I think too much. I think I think too much. Dun, dun, dun. That's a stuntable pilot lyric. Uh, and I'm thinking, dun, dun, dun. I think that's Cracker Man. Cracker Man, Cracker Man. I'm a cracker. I am a cracker. We need to bring that back. Whitey, cracker. I love those terms. Those are terms of endearment for me. Uh, so I just have random shit that I have written down here. Um, I was in New York City uh, last year, and I was laughing at the fact that they had an Applebee's in the middle of the city. Like, who goes to Applebee's or McDonald's or Subway when you're in a gigantic city like New York City? Do you have... Do you guys understand the level of restaurant and dining, this is pre-COVID, that existed in a major city? I don't care what city you're in. Houston, Dallas, Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago, LA, there are so many great restaurants. So I'm just in, when I was in the city last year before COVID broke out, there were so many frigging people that were in the uh, uh, Applebee's when New York has like a hundred thousand amazing dining options and you're going to go to Applebee's or McDonald's. I don't get it. I seriously don't. Um, true story. And it takes a pretty sick, twisted mind to even think about this. You've probably done it before or seen it before, but just listen to what I'm about to say. This really happened. I can't say it happened to me, but it happened to a really funny uncle I have. Not funny, like, you know, he's funny. I mean, like, laugh out loud type of funny. But he legitimately and innocently, but then immediately after he said it, he saw the irony and the funniness of it. And I still remember it to this day. He was in a Japanese restaurant. Okay, we love Japanese food as Americans, Chinese and Japanese food, amazing. Indian food, not so much, but I love Japanese and Chinese food. So we were in a Japanese restaurant and the Japanese waiter was taking our, our drink order and my uncle ordered a Pearl Harbor at a Japanese restaurant. Anybody find the irony in that? The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. There's a drink called Pearl Harbor. So is it okay to order a Pearl Harbor at a Japanese restaurant or is that insensitive? You be the judge. Moving on. Um, I'm just gonna read what I got written down here. These are all random thoughts that at one point popped into my mind, went into a note on my iPhone and I'm literally just gonna read them out loud for you. It says here, do you know by 2025, it'll be 25 years since the year 2000? In 2025, it'll be 25 years after the year 2000. Amazing, huh? 
Um, I seriously have thought about doing this. And this is probably a really corny cookie cutter joke, but I'm not joking. I'm at the point in my life where I'm tired of being serious because I've been so serious my whole life that uh, I've lived like 10 lifetimes of like seriousness. So I'm taking everything as um, happy-go-lucky unseriously as I can. Life is too short to get, you know, serious about stuff, you know? So I try to have fun with everything. And I've been thinking about changing my name from John Erez to Justin Time. Justin spelled the same way you would spell Justin, but time spell it T-Y-M-E. So that way, when people see me, they can be like, oh my God, you're just in time. And I'm like, yeah, th that's me. I'm just in time. And I know that's a joke that, you know, five-year-olds probably think of, but I literally want to go down and legally change my name so I can have a badass name. Like, look, everybody, it's just in time, you know? I think that would be frigging great. And I would even take it a step further. I would give myself the middle name of Danica. So my full name would be Justin Danica Time. Welcome to the stage, everybody. Justin Danica Time. And everybody would be like, what are we Justin the Nick of Time for? It'd be like, no, this guy's name is Justin the Nick of Time. That's what I want to do. I really want to do it. Um, I've talked about this before, but I like to sneeze at everything, especially in the middle of a pandemic, because when you sneeze, people look at you like, holy shit, is this guy carrying the Rona? So if you cough or sneeze now, um, you know, everyone looks at you like, holy shit. It's almost like you just yelled out the N-word. Everyone's just like, what? What did this guy just do? Um, but what? What? What I'm trying to tie into that is uh, growing up, I heard this saying so many times that like, hey man, that's nothing to sneeze at. That guy, he's nothing to sneeze at. That show, it's nothing to sneeze at. And what do they mean by it's nothing to sneeze at? Well, what they're trying to say is, hey man, you shouldn't diss that person or that show because it's pretty good you know it's nothing to sneeze at meaning like it's nothing to like talk shit about and like have you ever objected to something by sneezing at it you know like somebody holds up uh, a skunk smell in front of your face asking if you like it and instead of going uh, no i don't want it i don't want it you just go a chew a chew a chew and they're like yo that's nothing to sneeze at I don't know, you know, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand where the origin of that's nothing to sneeze at came from. You know, if the, if, if you were to say, you know, that's nothing to be scared of or nothing to hate on, that would make sense. But like, you never see anybody sneezing and object. So saying that something is nothing to sneeze at doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. I don't get it. Science says that 80% of smell is taste. You get that? 80% of what you're tasting is also what you're smelling. Smell and taste, they're tied together. Now, I was thinking about this and I thought to myself, well, dogs, right, have incredible senses of uh, taste and smell, right? Isn't it science fact that dogs can smell and uh, like 100 times better than we humans can? 
And if taste and smell are so closely tied together, which they are, then why is it that a dog will literally eat shit and vomit? I don't understand it. They can obviously smell and taste so much better than we can, but a dog will pretty much eat anything. I've seen dogs eat remote controls to TVs. I'm sure you've seen dogs probably eat iPhones and then shit them out. And I'm wondering myself, has anybody ever asked the question, these dogs have incredible senses of taste and smell. Why are they eating vomit and shit? Is there something that we as humans aren't understanding here? Or is just, you know, can, can you grasp the craziness that I'm going after here? Um, oh, another thing. Uh, we were just talking about changing my name to just in the nick of time. I also have been kicking around other name ideas. Uh, John who? Keep the first name John, but then just change the last name from Erez to who? So that way people can be like, John who? And it's like, exactly. Who the hell are you talking about? You know, it just seems logical because everyone's already saying it. Like you say, hey, you know that comic or that podcaster named John Ares? And they're like, John who? And then if I actually had the last name of who, when people went John who, they would be like, yeah, that's the guy, John who? You know, you got to lean into it, man. You know, if everyone is saying John who and nobody can remember your eras because you're just so unforgettable, then just lean into it and change your name to John who. That way they're like, yeah, John who? That's who I'm talking about. Everyone's heard of registered nurses, right? I'm a registered nurse. I'm an RN. Speaking of that, I want to thank and uh, give a toast really quick to all the uh, COVID survivors, all the frontline and essential workers that uh, just braved what other people couldn't and uh, just kept doing their job. Uh, was part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem, wore a mask, did what Fauci asked, all that kind of stuff. I want to give you guys uh, a huge thumbs up. I know 2020 has been a rough year, but the first responders and um, our law enforcement officers and um, the doctors and the nurses, all the people on the front lines, huge props to you guys for doing what you guys do despite being in a global pandemic. I'd like to give my deepest condolences to anybody who's lost anybody during, uh, during the COVID um, pandemic. Um, here's hoping that uh, we all have a much better 2021. But speaking of it, registered nurses. My mother was a registered nurse and she eventually became a pick line specialist and uh, she loved doing it and everybody who was a patient of my mother uh, said that she made their hospital stay just so much better. And uh, that just speaks volumes to how awesome my mother was. You know, if she could treat a stranger in the hospital as a nurse with such care in their dying moments as she did for so many thousands of people, just imagine what how kick-ass of a mother she was. And she was. She, I would argue that I had the greatest mother on the planet and she's no longer with us and now I'm going down a dark road. But I just wanna say that uh, if you are a nurse or a doctor, God bless you. You guys are some of the most amazing people 
on the planet. And I, I have so much respect for nurses out there. But I keep hearing registered nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I'm a registered nurse. And I'm thinking to myself, why is every nurse registered? Are there unregistered nurses? Why do we have to say registered? You know? I would think you would say I'm a registered nurse if there were unregistered nurses out there. But I like to think if you're a nurse, you're registered. So why do we have to say RN or LPN? Why just, can't it just be N, you know? Nurse, I'm a nurse. I'm Gaylord Fokker. I'm a nurse. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it, the whole registered part. And that's what made me think. Are there unregistered nurses? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Um, some of this stuff I've already said on the podcast. I just copied and pasted anything that I could have possibly um, talked about. And I think I just literally blew through it all. What else can I tell you, folks? Um, uh, I think anything funny um, I've already gone through, but uh, I've been talking for about 46 minutes and when I add in the intro and the outro, it's, you know, you know it'll, be, it'll be a quick in and out, which is what I'm used to, a quick in and out and uh, very unsatisfactory for you, but great for me. Kind of like my sex life. This podcast is like my sex life. I'm in and out quick. It's pleasurable for me, but not pleasurable for you. That's this week's episode. <laughs> Oh my God. So anyway, um, I'm hoping that uh, on New Year's Eve this year, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, tomorrow, maybe it's today for you, maybe it was five days ago, depending on when you're listening or watching this, I like to reflect upon uh, the previous year before we go into 2021 and just kind of reflect on the good and the bad. I don't really want to get into the bad. Everybody knows the bad this year, especially in the United States, was the pandemic, the elections, the fake news, the fighting, the protests, the violence. Uh, it was a lot of people lost their lives. A lot of people lost their businesses of 60, 70, 80 years due to the restrictions. Um, hopefully, we're going to get out of this. But yet, yeah, I don't need to explain it to you. 2020 absolutely sucked. But what I'm trying to say is that there are things that did happen as a result of the lockdown and as a result of um, other bad things that turned into good things for me. I spent way too much of my life being negative, being a Debbie Downer, focusing on the bad rather than just taking off the worry and just being happy-go-lucky. And now that I've been through so much tragedy in my life, it makes everything else I used to worry about just pale in comparison. So I'm all about embracing the suck or looking at any kind of light in the darkness, even when it gets super dark in your life, trying to grasp onto any comedy. And there are definitely changes that I made for the better in my life that would not have happened had COVID not broken out. I don't want to get into what those things are because they're really not funny and I'm not Oprah Winfrey here. This isn't the Dr. Phil show, so I'm not going to go into all the different uh, you know, personal things that I changed that wouldn't have had COVID happened, but that's what you got to look at. Yes, 2020 was a fucked up year. Some people 
way more fucked up. Other people, not as fucked up, but everybody struggled this year. We're probably gonna struggle the first half of 2021, but what I'm trying to tell you is try to focus on not the negative aspects, but the positive aspects. Think about the possibilities and the hope that we might have of reopening the country in 2021 and putting this virus behind us. Look forward to that. Think about the things in your life that you may have um, overlooked that you now appreciate because the lockdown happened, like how much time you got to spend with family. Maybe now you get to work from home. Maybe now you're working smarter. Uh, maybe now your overhead's less because you're traveling less. You know, try to find anything that came out of this year that was good and focus on that. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. If you're getting triggered by news and by Twitter and by Facebook or by Trump or by Biden, then just tune all that stuff out. Lean into the things you love. I love movies. I love music. I love comedy. I love all that stuff. So that's what I immerse myself into. I don't like politics. I don't like news. I don't like drama. I don't like fighting. I don't like cold. So I eliminate those things and I lean into the things I love. And if everybody could do that, and if everybody could just live their life and let others live theirs. Like take the two women across the street. We couldn't be any more different from our political ideologies to our sexual orientation to how we live our lives. However, we are friendly. They let me live, I let them live. I don't have any ill will towards them even though our political views, our sexual views, our values, everything is different. But that doesn't mean that we all can't prosper and get along in this country. Everybody wants to just be successful and happy in this country. So if there's somebody out there that doesn't agree with your political view or ideologies, it's okay to still love them. Let them be. Wouldn't you want them to let you be? It's amazing to me because I've always been taught to treat others as though you want to be treated. Do you want to be yelled at if you're holding a Biden or Trump sign? I don't think so. So why are you going to yell at people that are holding a Biden or Trump sign? Treat others as though you want to be treated. Embrace positivity. Embrace the things you love. Eliminate the negativity in that positive energy is going to spill out of you like a waterfall and you're going to have more friends. You're going to have things go better for you in your life. I'm telling you, positive thinking and positive energy and positive vibes brings about positive results. I am living proof of it. So put yourself into a positive mindset no matter what obstacles you have. And I guarantee you're going to come out smelling like roses. From all of us here at Reality Drip and the Views from the John podcast, and on behalf of Josh Ryder, I want to thank everybody, all of our subscribers, all of our, you know, anybody out there listening. I hope you guys have an awesome new year, a safe and happy new year. I hope all of your dreams and wishes come true in 2021. And I want to thank you for being part of the Reality Drip production and the Views from the John family. I'm John Ares, signing off of episode 65 for the last time in 2020. Join us next week for episode 66 when Josh Ryder will be back with us. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say, folks. Bye, Condeos. 
God bless, and everybody be good to each other. Happy New Year.